and boom goes the dynamite. Cause I'm in the stars tonight. So watch me bring the fire, set the night light. Shoes on, get up in the morning, cup of milk, let's rock and roll. Kink out, kick the drum, rolling on like a rolling stone. Sing song when I'm walking home, jump up to the top of the brown. Ding dong, call me on my phone, nice tea, and I'll get my ping pong. And welcome to episode 91 of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? I'm just going to go with, I think you just said, I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how are you? <laughs> Did you say something to that effect? Something to that effect, yeah. All right, perfect. See, I can work with this. Um, we're having some... Maybe connection issues. I haven't been into my house in three weeks, so I guess it's everything's just falling apart. Um, so, 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 but hopefully we'll so make this it is through karma. this. Hopefully, I don't just like drop dead in the middle of it. I am totally out of energy, uh, Jeff. It's been a long couple weeks. Uh, so, 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 this, so is, this is karma for you blasting me for having laptop issues on Monday and in this weekend, huh? I mean, I never actually blasted you. I think I was very supportive, <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I hope it gets better. Is there anything I can do to help?" Maybe no. I, th- I, I believe what you this week. No, I believe I, what I was you said. Like that. No, I believe what you said on the BGT podcast uh, Twitter feed was, "I leave for two weeks, and this is what happens." <laughs> exactly. I, I take that's. I mean, it is what happened. So I was just saying things that occurred. So I left, and then that's what happened. Whether or not you want to draw any conclusions or any correlations or anything like that, that's up to you, the listener, and up to you, Jeff, if you really think I'm that powerful. <laughs> and if you do, thanks. Uh, yeah. Um, did you actually ever get to see All Out? Because I know you were very busy this weekend. The answer to that, Jeff, is yes and no. Uh, so I have seen a bunch of All Out. Um, I have not seen a bunch of the rest of all out, but, um, you, you, I, uh, yeah, you gotta I, know I, what happened watch, by like, now. I do know what happened. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all out there for me. I, I, I do know the results of everything and obviously I watched dynamite tonight. And so, yeah, I do. Um, I wanted to give my thoughts on some of the matches that I did see, uh, and then, uh, uh, stop there, and then I'll give the uh, my quick thoughts on the matches I didn't see on Friday night on Wrestling Brain Rampage. So uh, I'll give some really quick, just lightning thoughts, and then we'll get out of here with that. Miro okay. um, versus Kingston was the opening match. I really enjoyed the match. I did not enjoy the finish. I thought the ref fuck up stuff was too much, and it just didn't entertain me. And I just, it was one of those things that made me go, eh, really? Hmm. See, I so, didn't, I didn't mind it so much, and you know, I as, feel like I'm on an island on this take, Jeff. I really do. I mean, I, no one else seems to have a problem with it. It just didn't do it for me, man. And that's you know, I think it was really nice to kind of see that and, and see people's reactions and be reminded that wrestling 
is so subjective. There are no objective opinions uh, in this medium. This is something, I mean, I wanted to like it. It's like, I didn't even want to have this nitpick, but it's just what happened. I saw it and my reaction was, eh. you know? Right. So, okay. Fair enough. I, but I did enjoy the match. I really enjoyed uh, how uh, uh, strikey and choppy it was. So very good there. Uh, John Moxley, Satoshi Kojima. Uh, what else to say? It was super fun, and um, Suzuki showing up as a great payoff. Uh, the women's championship match, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, beating Chris Statlander. Uh, some people said it was either of their possible best matches. I don't think it was quite up to that level like Baker Rosa, but very good. Um, I really like the fire out of Orange Cassidy. Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. All I can really say about that is that I think it's uh, – it's at least on my very short list for match of the year so far. I thought it was incredible. Uh, perfectly executed on almost every step. The Lucha Brothers look great. Nobody works harder than them, and no one deserves it more. So, hell yeah. Uh, and then the uh, last two things I watched was the uh, Women's Battle Royal, which I enjoyed as a Battle Royal. You know, I, I kind of like them when they're well executed. It had some spots where, you know, it was pretty mundane, but it also had some good stuff. And Ruby Soho uh, coming on in a great payoff and, like, a great – uh, a thing that just kind of went in with the whole theme of that show, which was big moments. Uh, and then the last match I watched before I stopped pre-Dynamite today, uh, Chris Jericho, MJF, really liked MJF in this match. Thought it was one of his best matches of his AEW run. Um, I Again, the finish. And the, the restart thing diminished the uh, Miro stuff even more for me uh, because they were able to restart this one, but not that one. But again, that's a nitpick. I won't get into it. Uh, that is what I have. I was honestly, as you heard with, uh, when when I spoke with Tom Batista of the military industrial suplex here on the PWM podcast network, when he guessed it on, uh, the boom goes the dynamite, uh, special on all out 2021, which thank you to Tom for doing that and stepping in as I was, uh, a groomsman in a wedding that evening and was very intoxicated. Right. And then, uh, and then, you know, dealing with, you know, having to, to help deal with my technical issues, which are now resolved, by the way. I, I, I'm I, I'm a little bit lighter in the bank Ooh. account now, but, uh, yeah. You are I, the new computer app, and, you know, you can't put a price on technology. No, actually, actually yes, you can. Actually, yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you, you can, actually can, yeah. You can but, very much, but, you know, but can you, though? I mean, you know, I, I think overall, I mean, I liked my old laptop, but... Things were happening with it, and it, it's a Toshiba, and they got out of the laptop business last year. Oh, yeah. about that time, probably. Then, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a five-year-old system. What sucks is that my honey is also having laptop issues, and then oh, my son is also is needing a desktop because the one he's using is a piece of garbage that he's that he got from uh, from his older brother. Which is so. So what you're saying is that somehow, some way, the internet issues that I'm having right now are your fault. No, <laughs> um, I don't. That's not what I just heard, Jeff. Oh, well, I think we'll let the listeners decide. Yeah. All right, yeah, let the, let's listeners, let the listeners. Yeah, decide. hit us up at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, I'm not going to even ask if you saw Elevation or Dark. I did not. Definitely did not yeah, because I, I was dealing with not, crap. But, so. uh, if you want to hear the rest of my thoughts on the remaining uh, three matches on the All Out card, check out uh, Wrestling Brain Rampage Friday night, twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. Uh, and with that, we go live to the Fifth Third Arena on the 
campus of the University of Cincinnati in Cincinnati, Ohio, for episode, I guess, 101 of AEW Dynamite. It's our episode 91, but episode 101 of AEW Dynamite. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Taz, because apparently Excalibur is getting married quite soon and asked for some time off, which, you know, fair enough. It is wedding season. Uh, as I am fully aware. So congratulations to Excalibur. This was kind of a fun little team, actually. I thought it kind of worked. Jim Ross took a nice backseat, and Tony Schiavone just absolutely on one. Since All Out, I thought he was fantastic on All Out on commentary, and I thought he was great tonight, too, doing some of his best work right now, maybe. Uh, So then uh, we, we open up the show with a quick video recap of All Out, which goes into our first match of the evening, which had absolutely nothing to do with all out it was uh dustin rhodes versus malachi black and yeah a uh, match that i was looking forward to when they announced and uh enjoyed as an opener uh i i was i i thought it was wild that uh we had a table spot and some blood in the opener and i was thinking that there's going to be a massive blade job later on in the show stay tuned for that (laughs) And yeah, I mean, you knew that Dustin was going to bleed for this feud. Like, you know, you got a Rhodes, you have Malachi Black, blood for the blood gods, bro. We got to (laughs) bleed. I I, I never knew you actually played Warhammer. Well, I mean, I know a lot about a lot of things, Jeff. I'm just happen to be a big, huge dork for just pop culture and random things that I absorb, even if I don't like take them in regularly. So did you ever actually play Warhammer? I've never really played Warhammer Warhammer 40,000. I was actually just talking with my girlfriend, and she has a friend who plays Warhammer. So I was just Uh, learning a little bit about Warhammer recently. The the fantasy or, or 40K? Uh, the whatever the what's the tabletop thing? Well, they're both tabletop. Okay, I don't know. How the fuck would I know? Well, 40K is the one that, the, the 40K is the, the, the more sci-fi one, so. Okay. Yeah, so. I'm not sure which one. Uh, okay, which which reference did I just make? Uh, actually, it applies to both, because the, the, okay. it's the same mythology, so. Okay, so you decide which one I was referring to. I'll, say, I'll just say 40K for the hell of it. Deal. All right, right on. Now I mean, we are go- in the future. This is, I mean, we, we're in the future of wrestling right now. I feel like we're, uh. In the dark really future of wrestling. In the dark future of wrestling, there is only war. <laughs> I mean, the future's looking kind of bright right now, buddy. Uh, well, at least in wrestling, maybe. In <laughs> maybe wrestling, not in many other respects. Bell. Yeah, bell um, to bell, it looks good, and that's what we really need. Uh, at one point, Malachi Black produces the boot of Cody Rhodes, and that sends uh, Dustin into a blinder. That was a that was a fun spot. I thought but, it was really be that disrespectful and like he you know people you can expect a character like malachi to like always be mad and scowling and kind of like i'm just the bad guy all the time but you know he does throw in that little kind of extra sadistic like taking enjoyment out of what he's doing and it really adds a nice layer to that character he smiles quite a bit he's laughing as he's toying with people things like that i think uh, uh enhance what he's doing right now with this malachi black stuff even more yeah, um, eventually, of course, Malachi Black does get the win after sending uh, Dustin into the bear turnbuckle, which funny how uh, Aubrey Edwards did not feel the need to stop the match to... Interestingly enough, yes. I just what, what was I just talking about with yeah. these logic loops making that specific finish on uh, Sunday tough for me? This is what I'm talking about. Like, they, I couldn't suspend my disbelief based on the circumstances that were put in front of me, and that was a big problem for me as far as uh, being at a 
by that finish after that match had done so much to build what these guys were doing. And like it was a fight of a match, right? It's an Eddie Kingston match. It's a Miro match. These guys are beating the shit out of each other. It's just not the ending that match deserved, in my opinion. Okay, I'll stop talking about it. Well, you did also just admit that you're uh, kind of a big dork, too. So, I mean, me, you know. I'm a huge fucking do- I mean, I do two different wrestling contents. Of course, I'm a huge dork for the same company at that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive dork. I think everyone who uh, uh, if you're watching the Twitch stream or if you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching Wrestling Brain or you, you know, look at my tweets, you probably know that. Anyway, uh, Malachi Black gets the win. You guys seen this cool guy, Paul? He's got sunglasses. He's got like a pack of cigarettes up his sleeve. Like I got a pack of Luckies, <laughs> like rolled up my one sleeve. No filters, right? I show up on Wrestling Brain just with a pompadour. I'm just dressed like hey. uh, I'm <laughs> hey. dressed like an, I'm just like an outsider. <laughs> hey, I was wearing a pompadour before uh, before the pandemic hit. Now I just don't give a shit. So. Pompadours? I'm not saying anything against them. I would wear them. Shout, shout out to Pete's Barbershop in Chicago again. Again. For the, man, second, for the second week Pete. running. Damn, Pete. Uh, we then get a uh, a promo from the Lucha Bros. We're, we're throwing down the gauntlet to anybody in AEW to take those titles from them. This was uh, really good. And also, I was able to understand Penta's Spanish before Alex's translation, which means I am learning. Woo. Hey. Uh, we then come back from commercial and we get a promo between Eddie Kingston and Miro. So that tells me this feud continues. Yeah. Hall- that's what hallelujah. that finish was. What, now, we, okay. We have to talk about the finish one more time. Oh, God. That's what that finish is designed to do is continue the feud. Well, so yeah, like, I knew that. And that's why see. I got, and that's probably why I guess people are most satisfied with it is because it's with that explicit understanding that this finish means we get more. So I do that. I understand and is fine, but again, in the moment, it didn't entertain me. Did, but I'm sure their next match will be better and have a better finish. So it's whatever. Do, do, do you mind if I peel back the curtain a little bit? Peel it. So you you you, you know what happened on Friday, of course, with uh, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Wait. Which thing? Uh, redeemed these nuts. Oh, the redeemed these nuts thing. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently that was a complete ad lib, according to one Mister Kingston. So that that that's that's, aw- that's awesome to me. You know, that doesn't surprise me a bit. Uh, but yes, that is awesome, and he's going to sell a lot of T-shirts because it looks it's a cool T-shirt. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it looks it looks great. So yeah, it's I, one of those things that, like I, me I, personally, I literally wouldn't wear it anywhere. So like, I couldn't buy it. But there are a lot of wrestling fans who super would. Oh, I would get murdered if I bought that shirt. So you know. yeah, I just couldn't wear it anywhere besides two like indie shows. I wouldn't even wear it to an AEW show. But uh, <laughs> that's just me. But it's a good shirt, indeed. Uh, we then go back to the arena, and uh, one uh, Mr. Phil Brooks makes an appearance, and, uh, you know, he, he's kind of good at this promo thing, it turns out. I think he's pretty good at the promo thing. It's, I mean, it's amazing how, and he said it like himself, it's like riding a violent bicycle, but not just the bell-to-bell stuff, it's the on-mic stuff. He has no rust there whatsoever. He immediately reconnected with that crowd at the United Center um a couple of fridays ago and since then 
has just absolutely had every crowd he's been in front of eating right out of the palm of his hand from moment one uh, until the time the segment cuts off. It is pretty remarkable, Jeff. I know like there's a lot of hyperbole involved in CM Punk's return and this whole big victory lap he's basically been taking since he came back. But it is pretty remarkable, the emotional responses he's getting from people night in and night out. Yeah, and he doesn't even have, like, a typical promo yet either. I mean, he, he spent... No, he's not cutting, like, a traditional promo. He's uh, he's just talking to the audience. He's riffing. He's yeah, calling, I mean, responding. He's yeah, doing a lot of... Um... I mean, he, he's putting over he's putting over John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki. He's putting over Aunt Linda. He's putting over Ruby Soho. He's putting over Adam Cole and Brian Danielson and his wife, April. Yeah, he was and a bit he, of a master of ceremonies tonight. I mean, he was just, you know, he, he he's just, you know, he's just talking. He's talking like a regular yeah. guy. And then... Uh, and I think this is the thing, and this is where, you know, CM Punk is a very naturally charismatic guy, and it's like what carried him to such heights. And, you know, when guys like that are overproduced, you're not going to get their best. So it's as though he's really found his stride right away, which I wasn't sure would happen or not. I wasn't sure if he'd have that part figured out, but... I think tonight was also the little bit of character development that this needed. And Taz explicitly pushing it forward by saying, you know what? I'm sick of all this little victory lap shit yeah, the, the, you're doing. Yeah, this bullshit uh, love fest. I thought was that was the, great. I thought that was great yeah. progression for this arc. Yeah, and uh, so he, so that led to CM Punk basically naming every single member of Team Taz and ending it by stealing Taz's old ECW tagline, too. So yeah, and uh, he also said he also said the most the three most important words of the night. Go ahead, bring me hook, <laughs> or send me hook. He said send me hook. Yeah, it was something, something like that. Yes, he said send me hook. Very important. So I guess we're going to get. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted this. Here's the thing about CM Punk versus Hook, and CM Punk wants to come back and wrestle young guys and like up and comers and stuff, and I get that. And, you know, all power to him. He does not want that smoke with Hook. He doesn't actually want to fight. Look, man, if CM Punk would get his ass kicked so fucking bad by Hook, they would count it as his third MMA loss. <laughs> you know, I, I don't they would no, have, have I, no I, choice. I don't think Hook's ever going to actually debut. I think, it, it, you know, I, I, I have a frame of reference. Is like the most dorky thing imaginable. So I, I, I'm kind of hesitant to even say it but um anyway we'll we'll, we'll move on um we then get, when we come back from course we get a video promo from santeno and ortiz basically saying that they're gonna run roughshod over the division now so yeah i mean if we do not get lucha brothers versus santeno ortiz match for the titles uh then we're doing something wrong here so uh, and I'm, I don't really know what's next for Santana and Ortiz. What? Uh, where do you want to see them go? Who do you want to see them face? What do you want to see their well, their the, kind of the, next movie? Uh, the Lucha Bros. I want to see them. I I want to see another Lucha Bros versus Santana and Ortiz match. Is fair. what I want to see. Fair, so. fair and deserving. Sounds good. So, uh, we then go backstage with uh, Tony Schiavone and Ruby Soho. Uh, which is interrupted by Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Uh, uh, Rebel and Jamie Hayter. Uh, 
a, a, a fracas almost breaks out, but they, uh, they they calm it down because, you know, there is a match coming up here. Uh, we then go to our second match of the evening in which Powerhouse Hobbs takes on Dante Martin. And holy shit, that was a huge lariat to lay out from jump. Big moves, big match. Dante Martin is a star, will be a very big star. Like, no one... like it. I'm really at a loss for words trying to describe people that good at that age. Like, how? It's, how are it, you that... He wrestle? It's not just he's good at moves or he's athletic or he's flippy. He has a pretty incredible ring IQ for someone at his experience level too. He's in the right places at the right times. He's fluid. He's smooth. He has great chemistry with almost everyone he faces. He figures guys out and plays to their strengths. Yeah. And despite this match being pretty much a mauling by, by powerhouse Hobbs, I mean, Dante Martin did get some offense in and still looked really good despite getting, you know, the shit kicked out of him. Let's face it. Absolutely. And Jeff being really good at getting your ass kicked is such an important part of being a successful and uh, popular professional wrestler. Some of all of our favorite wrestlers are just the best at getting the shit kicked out of them. That is true. Eddie (laughs) Kingston, really great at taking an ass whooping. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you, you can't deny. I mean, we, we, we often admire the, the ass-kicking prowess, but the ability to take an ass-kicking as well. Yes. Yeah, so I, mean, that, I that is something. to say getting beat up is more important in wrestling than beating people up, possibly. You know? I think there's an argument to make for it. You know, you, you may be onto something there. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs does get the win, of course. But again, Dante Martin looks like us. Even Taz says that, yeah, he, he's going to be something someday, so... Taz really great at doing this, at, at putting over Team Taz opponents without, you know, uh, sounding too hokey or too forced. He has a good way of making that, like, kind of praise organic while still backing his guys. That's really effective and another just element of what he's been doing so well all over the place uh, uh, in his, you know, role as a commentator and as an on screen manager. Uh, Taz has been such an important part of this show, man. Yeah. And then uh, that somehow segues right into Dan Lambert with the men of the year. And he's running down the product as always. And, and, and basically acting like Jim Cornette as yeah, we've so come to expect. I think I said this on the podcast last week. I think I figured out Dan Lambert, his, his thing is conservative talk radio manager basically. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? Good. I say yes. And here's why you're supposed to dislike stuff on the wrestling show. There has to be things that are genuinely unlikable and make you go, oh, like you can't like everything and like just like all the characters and stuff. What a boring show. There's a difference. Would you watch a TV show where there aren't like bad guys and characters that you just actually genuinely dislike and want to see get their comeuppance? Well, right. But you also have not. I feel like I have to like not in a way like where this heel is cool. I feel obligated to see them lose to where you genuinely want this guy to like get his ass beat or even just like shut the hell up. Well, right, but you also want to actually admire the person, you know, the 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 person playing the character too is the thing. Oh, really? I don't need to admire him. Seems kind of like an asshole. I wouldn't hang out with him, but I'm just watching TV, so it doesn't really matter to me. No, fair enough. It's just a guy on the TV. 
well, yeah, he is just a guy on the TV at this point. Just a guy on the TV. So, like, no, I don't need to admire him. And believe if I needed to admire all the people I saw on TV, I certainly would not be watching professional wrestling as often as I do. I'll tell you that much, Jeff. Yeah, well, we're going to be bringing that up in a little bit. And, Brother, uh, I was just front row at GCW last week. Yeah. Oh, I'm man. I'm not in the position of what it did, tell me you who have seen art of war games by now i have not seen art of war games oh yet. my god you you need to see that show brother you need to see I that did, show I, I quick tangent i got my fill of violence at gcw guilty conscience last thursday prior to the big weekend guilty conscience was fantastic i'd recommend anyone who didn't see the show to see it and if you did and if you do uh you will see me on camera a lot because i was standing right next to where the wrestlers enter uh so i was i was uh front and center quite a bit uh as was uh the big homie e prime uh with a wrestling brain t-shirt on so that was pretty cool too uh the show was super fun there was a lot of violence nick gage got greg iron's blood all over my shirt when we took a picture together and it was uh, a shirt that i kind of liked so so R.I.P. that shirt, MDK all day. Uh, watch Art of War games. Uh, at I least the cage. I watched most of those shows because it seemed like there was a lot of good stuff that weekend. Yeah, Three Cup stuff was pretty good too. Uh, yeah, um, you know what? Grand Control of Filthy Tom. It was fun. It, it it didn't rank in in the top three of the shows this weekend, unfortunately. But it was a fun show. So I'm not gonna bury it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I will get to it or like trickle them in eventually. But Art of War Games is probably the top of my list. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, we then get a uh, Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy promo, which is seemingly teasing a hair versus hair match. Yes, but Orange Cassidy's response, of course, is just whatever. So whatever. We'll well, that's that's Orange Cassidy's response to most things. Right. Except for, you know, when he was screaming at at uh at chris during the the title match it all out that was great that little moment of fire was uh was really enjoyable it was at the right time and it got a great response from the crowd i really like that uh and you know part of him cutting a great promo jeff brevity indeed sometimes yeah less is more sometimes uh which leads us into our next segment, which was MJF and Wardlow uh, putting the boots to the entire city of Cincinnati. Um, I do have to admit that my honey, who is not a fan of MJF one bit, is now saying that she is BFFs with MJF because MJF buried Skyline Chili. Uh, my honey, not a fan of Skyline Chili. So I don't think I've it's all that either. Like authentic Skyline Chili, so I don't have a full opinion, but I do hear that it's overrated. It is I know very that, overrated. Like, I know I make chili. I know there's a lot of places you can get great chili. I know I like the chili sauce that's on a Coney dog in Detroit, of which I ate a couple while I was up there. Great stuff. Shout out Lafayette, Coney Island. But, um, you know, also, you know what? Fuck the Bengals. Steelers. I'm a Steelers fan all day. So, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not going to like go out here and uh, put Ohio over as a native Michigander. Not really well, in my you know. Yeah, I'll I tell mean, you that much right I mean, now. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm bred of Pittsburgh stock. My, I was born in New Jersey. I was raised in Chicago. Yeah, I, I, got, I got no great love of Ohio. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Four, four, um, four, 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 oh, all from Ohio. I kind of lost my train of thought there when we were burying Ohio there, Jeff. Oh, yeah. I Ohio. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's uh, – I mean, I got some family in Ohio, but, you know, besides that. Anyway, uh, you know – Anyway, I, I thought MJF was more 
Bubba Ray Dudley in ECW than he was Ric Flair in all this, especially with some of the shit he was saying. Um, oh, so here's which, the thing. Which brings out I... Brian Pillman Jr. Well, I, I want to talk about this before we move out, move past it. Uh, this, I think, is going to go down as a polarizing promo. I think there's going to be people who really thought it was like great, great, and people who thought it just sucked and needed to not happen. I don't think there's going to be a lot of in the middle on this one. Um, you're probably right that it was more Bubba Ray Dudley than Ric Flair, but here's the thing, Jeff. Bubba Ray Dudley was over as fuck at that time. <laughs> Whether or not you agree with the content, was it effective? Yes. Was this effective? Also, yes. Yeah, but was that, you know... Hold on, wait, math is hard here. Was, was that over 20 years ago? Yeah. D- does shit from then work now? Eh, not really. He wasn't even close to shit from then, though. Like, it's not... I mean, well, if you want to talk about... <laughs> we're not going to repeat on this podcast the things that Bubba Ray Dudley was saying to people in ECW oh, no. in the 70s. I would not do that, but I would tell, I would make every joke that MJF said there on this podcast. Right. And look, we've said plenty worse. All, what What was the big deal about any of it? Uh... Yeah. uh Okay, you know, I'm sure that he cleared the drug addict stuff, you know, with the recovering drug addict there. But if he didn't, that's also like, well, that's how you're going to get a response from Brian. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, well, pretty much. If you yeah. Make Brian mad, don't tell him about that before you do it. Yeah, it'll probably get you a good response. But the other, th- the other thing is that um, we're still seeding seeds of dissension between MJF and Wardlow, too. Which is good. I think that's a good slow burn on that because eventually it's going to happen. Wardlow's absolutely turning on MJF. We knew we talked about Wardlow turning on MJF prior to the pinnacle being formed. Yeah. Right. So we kind of thought this had a time limit on it. It's been a much longer uh, time limit than we thought. But, yeah, it's going to come to a head at some point, especially now with Jericho MJF having wrapped up. There's room to do more things on the pinnacle side now as a faction. I would expect something like that, or at least it coming close to happening. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I think it has also to when happen. MJF told uh, uh, Pillman's aunt that he would knock her teeth, and I did like almost fall off my chair. Like that was. Yeah, he 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 was kind of out of pocket today. <laughs> He's just threatening old women. <laughs> Come on, man, it's pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, we then get a video promo for uh, John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki, the main event tonight. So uh, yeah, fun times. Uh, our third match of the evening. Uh, See, we're talking about old people getting their teeth knocked in. I mean, mm-hmm. it's okay when it's Minoru Suzuki, though. Yeah, They're, but Minoru, Minoru Suzuki, Suzuki can be the one doing Pilman's, the knocking, though. But <laughs> Minoru Suzuki and Pillman's aunt are probably the same age. How old is Pillman's aunt? They are both 136 years old. No, Suzuki's only 53, for fuck's sake. <laughs> they were both born in 1874. Oh, Jesus Christ. Our third match of the evening, uh, Ruby Soho versus Jamie Hayter. And it's interesting. The Suzuki was in the Tokugawa Shogunate. Okay, keep oh going. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's interesting to find out that Jamie Hayter was uh, from Southampton, which is... Uh, Chris Tomaseno pointed out that we could make, you know, some jokes about, you know, Southampton versus Portsmouth, you know, a big football rivalry. I noted that it's a good thing that Jamie Hayter is not from Northampton. Otherwise, we would be telling a lot more Alan Moore jokes on this program. Oh, yeah. Damn, are there any wrestlers from Northampton? We got to uh, any way we can. And look at this. Even though she's not from Northampton, we still found a way to bring up Alan Moore on Boom Goes the Dynamite. <laughs> we are, you know, it, we, we just have to embrace the fact it's that. It's a dedicated. Yeah. It, it might be one of our longest running 
running bits at this point, just like randomly bringing up Alan Moore on a wrestling podcast. I mean, you know, he, he is just so ingrained in the culture now. I mean, you just can't help it I, at this I point. I mean, really, really, he is. And like a lot of his art has just like matriculated into so many other things, including professional wrestling, I, I would argue. And if you want me to, uh, you know, flesh that take out a little more, I'll do it on a different week when my brain isn't so scrambled. Yeah, go you, you go right ahead. Um, what did you think of this? Um, the, uh, the match. Yes. The yes match. Uh, which match was it? Was it again? See, Ruby see what Soho happened? versus Jimmy hater. That's what I thought we were talking about, but I wanted to make sure Jeff, you got to understand, man. So I, I went, I was gone for three weeks. A lot of it was visiting family and friends, but one weekend of it was a bachelor party. And one weekend of it was a wedding. And both of those weekends, um, I caused a lot of damage to my brain cells willingly, uh, however, recovering from that, uh, as you, uh, reach your, uh, mid thirties about is not as easy as when you are a younger lad. So I, I just keep like, I, I, missing. I, an almost 50 year old would have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> also my, also the synapses are probably all fucked up. Cause I've just been just gobbling down legal Michigan edibles. Just. So is this why all I mentioned? So is this why I mentioned that I did stay up all night to watch uh, three cup stuff, and I was absolutely fucking wrecked all Saturday. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that'll so, do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, you stay yeah. up late to watch wrestling, you'll do it. If you uh, uh, drink all of the alcohol that they put in front of you uh, for about thirteen hours in a wedding setting, you will pay for it later. It turns out. So hey, the match. Yeah, there was some wrestling too. I guess I'm happy to see <laughs> Ruby Soho be happy. She's wrestling happy. Um, I, you know what? I have a note just like that too. She it's like a, she has, happy. It's, she's got a fulfilled sense of wrestling. The biggest enemy, the biggest heel in this match was the picture in picture. They cut to like literally immediately. Oh God. Uh, I am. It was, I am very weird to so, cut to picture in picture at the start of a match. I am so fucking done with picture in picture. And you know, I, I I'm going to, rant about this later too i am so yeah, fucking done with this shit um, i mean there's i mean and there was another part that was a little disappointing uh during the hobbs dante martin match while in picture in picture like right after they cut uh hobbs threw dante from the floor up through the second rope like perfectly no contact with either rope mm. and it was incredible and you were only saw it if you had your attention turned to the picture in picture it was really unfortunate yeah, I, I am. But if you saw it, you got a treat because that shit was cool. I am so fucking done with picture on picture now. After after tonight, I, th that's it. The, the the line has to be drawn here. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, but it looks like uh, a couple of notes I have here. One, it looked like at one point there was like a, a Bosch poison Rana or something. Um, yeah, it, it, the commentary did a lot of work explaining it away. And actually, I got to say credit to Jim Ross. For do for wrestling logicking his way through this one, oh, I think he did a really good too. job, kind of just uh, pounding it and saying, "Well, she just it was all strength. It was just using your strength. That ain't no counter. That's just strength." Yeah, but then uh, it looked like Ruby hurt her neck or something, or she was doing an epic cell job for her neck. One I guess we'll hear. See, I you know I, it seemed like it was probably okay, um, but yeah, I guess we'll know probably in the coming days. Yeah. Um, Ruby, of course, does get the win over Jamie Hayter. That leads to a beatdown from uh, Britt Baker and Rebel as well. Uh, we get a uh, an attempted rescue from Riho. Riho! And then 
Chris Tatlander as well. Yes, this is an interesting uh, uh, little group of friends. We got more friendship. I was in my living room doing, Jeff, you know what we were doing? We were doing the Kaiju Big Battle That's Friendship. Right. Oh, yeah. We were chanting friendship. Uh, so, yeah, so that uh, apparently is going to something's going to be happening with regard to that on Rampage. I, I the be- the best, best friends, the even more best friends. They're so the best. Uh, we the then friends. get a video promo with Brian Cage and Ricky Stark. So that that's going to continue. And then uh, we go into our fourth match of the evening. Uh, the members of FTR and Sean Spears representing the Pinnacle versus Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and John Silver of the Dark Order. Dark Order still feuding amongst themselves. Anna Jay is back. She's not having this shit. She is very upset, as she should be. Uh, this is not what she wants to see uh, yeah. from her boys when she and, comes back. And, so and, uh, she says, you know, get your shit together. And Ty Conti just stands there going, ooh, you guys are in trouble. Oh, yeah, shit. I, mean, <laughs> I think it, it's really funny that like, they're just like friends. She's not in Dark Order, but like they're hanging out. And Anna just has to be like, hey, come on over with me down to the other hallway. I got to handle this cult thing real quick. And then we'll go back out. Is that cool? Yeah, right. <laughs> my cult and then we'll uh we'll, we'll head back out anna jay is back and she's already back to being the den mother for these culty fucking morons <laughs> like anna anna and ty were like gonna go to the orange julius she's like hold on can you order for me can you order on the app and i'll be right back yeah i, I gotta go deal with these idiots gotta take care uh, of my cult uh so yeah of course predictably the dark order falls apart as a unit and uh we get a quick uh tv match out of it sean spears Pins John Silver. John Silver just looks fucking good. And so does Stu Gracie. And so does, you, you know what? Actually, you know what? Five out of the, the six guys in this match look really good. This is either like a really bad time or a really good time for Dark Order to explode because a lot of the talent within is all looking really good. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to be detrimental to them for this to happen or if it's going to raise their profile and give them something more interesting to get into on screen. I hope it's the latter, obviously. But uh, I'm very interested to see where they're going. They're having a crisis of leadership, obviously. So you would uh, assume it ends in them obtaining some leadership. So well, I guess I'm intrigued to see who, if well, it's from within or without. Well, I mean, Anna Jay is here. She can, uh, you know. So be, I thought it was really interesting. It was kind of an intro. But when they had their fight at the end of the match, Anna didn't run in to stop anything. She just kind of stood there, disappointed. So it makes me think that she's not going to be the one to take on that leadership role because I think that was the moment to do it. Much like post-Hangman Page exit, it was Evil Uno's moment to take it. So now you have kind of a through line developing of multiple members of Dark Order with an opportunity to take the reins but sort of choosing not to. And I think maybe that comes back uh, uh, and is a story. And I think maybe you're going to see more moments with that. I think maybe you'll see – uh, uh, Cole Cabana try and fail and maybe you'll see something like that until it culminates in either one of them doing it or them finding new leadership uh, cough cough Wyndham Rotunda cough cough yeah, I was thinking which I still that. don't think should happen but it is possible but also you know Adam Page too who knows and maybe Adam Page will finally Adam- accept his destiny and I, this could also end with Adam Page saying, well, I need to help keep these guys together because I care about them, too. And we're all, you know, a family. Well, and don't and, forget, remember, it was Anna Jay who just, you know, put Adam Page on blast for breaking their hearts the first time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like when, uh, when it relates to the Adam Page stuff, we spent so much time talking about like um, Dark Order having let Adam Page down or Dark Order you know, telling Adam Page, you can't do this without us. 
But, you know, now it looking like they can't do it without him, I think, is very interesting. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, well, we will see in the... I'm excited that Dark got something on a Wednesday night that progressed their storyline. I I said last week that what I was really interested in the most is seeing Dark Order get some story movement at this point. So to see them not really treading water right now is very good to me. Indeed. Uh, We then get highlights of the Casino Battle Royale, which, of course, featured uh, both Anna Jay and Ty Conti, as well as a, a, a cast of... 21 um it was a weird abrupt cut to this like vignette at the end of it and that's what i thought was weird too i thought they would have given anna and ty more time to kind of uh let this thing stew but yeah that was strange it was yeah it was fine everyone's kind of gave their thoughts on it you know thunder rosa and jade cargill obviously very disappointed uh nyla rose not happy either but uh you know we progressed a few things nyla and jade eventually facing off i think is huge money so i'm really excited about the prospect of that yeah uh we then get a uh a backstage promo with uh tully blanchard which i thought was starting to ramble at first but then we finally got to the point uh where he calls out both Darby Allen and Steve Stinger, and uh, we're going to book uh, Sean Spears versus Darby Allen next week. I already said this on the um, on the Boom Goes on, on the All Out special. Uh, we need to we need to address this Darby Allen shit at some point, brother. Uh, are you talking about like Darby Allen's not wrestling related shit? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I just you know I don't think any of that is my place to comment on at this point. And I don't think I could add anything to the conversation. We, we, we so. have commented on so many others though. And yeah. We, and, and, and we're about to again here within five minutes. Trust me. Yeah, on this I, one. Okay. Okay. Fair. So, I just, again, I've read a bunch of stuff on it. And I think people can make all their decisions and come to any, come to the, you know, the conclusions based on what's out there. But again, I don't just, think i have anything for it i don't really know anything beyond what is written and that's not good okay and and, and fair but you know and, I, and, I, and i'm gonna give you a break too because you did say mentally you're you're not all there today so no i'm not and like to 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 comment on something that i think darby allen's is a little more complex than some of the other ones because it's not like he or I, based on what's out there right now he's not being accused of anything that constitutes a crime He's not being uh, accused of anything that, but beyond I, I from I guess what I've read constitutes really really horrible behavior to your your partners and relationships, which is you know probably indicators that you're not a great guy at the very least, and it's probably the most generous reading I could possibly give it. Well, you know what, we'll we'll just sidestep that for now. But I'm just letting you know we're going to have to talk about this at some point. So. Uh, speaking of someone who was caught in that maelstrom at one point, uh, Sammy Guevara, we get a picture in picture with his cue cards. I kind of tuned out of this one. He was just saying that, Hey, big shit's happening for Sam. Yeah. Everything's coming up. Millhouse for Sammy Guevara is what it, I was watching the ads because I'm a good consumer and I had to know what products I needed to buy. So, uh, we then go backstage, uh, and, uh, we get the, uh, the varsity blondes and, we're going to get Brian Pillman Jr. versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman at the Arthur Ashe Stadium show on September the 22nd. But before that, we're going to get Brian Pillman Jr. versus Max Caster on AEW Rampage this Friday. So I guess uh, he's back in the good graces. 
Yeah, I mean, what we say? He's probably going to end up in the doghouse for a couple months and then come back. Uh, I don't even know, think it was a quietly. Co- I don't even think it was a couple months. It was like a month. Yeah, right, whatever. He, he was in the doghouse. So yeah, well, uh, he said he said some dumb shit on a promo. He went away for a while, and now he's coming back, and hopefully he doesn't say any more dumb shit. And that's really what it is, right? As long as he doesn't fuck up again or he stays good, like this will go away, and that's fine. It it, it deserves to. He fucked up, but it's not like something that should hang with you for your life. I'm not gonna like we're gonna fucking cancel Max Caster or whatever. Uh, uh, he did some dumb shit that he you know got admonished for. I hope. He comes back and is good again because I really like Max Caster as a wrestler and as a performer, and I think he can be a lot better than we've even seen from him. Understood. Uh, we then go into the ring for Tony Schiavone and the Elite. Uh, so, Kenny Omega is now number one for the second time in three years on the PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500 list. Oh my God. This brought out Will Ospreay running his mouth on Twitter. <laughs> Dude, okay, look. I, I know that you're bringing up stuff and I'm trying to sidestep things and I'm not being very great or talkative on this podcast tonight, but you will not make me fucking talk about Will Ospreay on this podcast. Move on. Just this dude. No, no, dude. no, Jeff, no. We're look, not talking I, about Will Ospreay. He's boring and I don't like him. Uh and I'm sick of people. All we do is talk about guys we don't like in, as wrestling fans, especially <laughs> shitheads like Real Osprey. They stay relevant just because people don't like them. And here we are spending our fucking precious time on people like him. Okay, so can can I just make one point about this, and then we'll we'll go we'll move on. Sure. Which is a a a, a major dirt sheet site is saying that this is that Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega is the biggest dream match you can get out of this whole forbidden door thing. And I'm just staring. Hard disagree. I disagree. Yeah, I, I'm staring at this in Kazushka Okada versus Penta El Cerro Miedo. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, I, there's a gajillion iterations of a lot of things I could tell you that I want to see way more. I want to see that. And, you know, I've you can probably see I've, you know, said things about Will Ospreay, the wrestler, bell to bell. He's good at doing moves and stuff sometimes, but like that all got old and he's so, so, so shoot annoying that like he went beyond any type of like healing that I can talk about or being genuinely dislikable. And I know I talk about that a lot. But this is like a whole different kind of genuinely dislikable. I just am just never really want to hear from him or of him and just would like him to go away. Well, one of the major things I, I'm irritated about is that because he, he's pulling whatever this temper tantrum of him of his actually is or whatever the circumstances are is because he's left Japan and now the most interesting persona in New Japan in the last year, Great Ocon, can barely get scheduled on shows now. You know? And that's <laughs> irritating to me in a, in the biggest way. Anyway. Well, yeah, Great Ocon is much more interesting than Will Ospreay could ever be. Oh, fuck yes. So, anyway, uh, with this, they bring out uh, one Mr. Adam Cole, who then immediately takes to threatening Tony Schiavone about yes. Britt Baker. Which, okay, nice bit of continuity there. And, you know, you're obviously the goal here is to put him in the elite. So you can't have the crowds cheering for him. So let's let's turn that real quick. And that was a really good way to do it. Let's disrespect someone who's very universally liked in Tony Schiavone by the fans and who we just said has been doing really good work lately. Like coming off all out, people are really hot on Tony Schiavone. He was great, especially in that cage match. He was awesome. Yeah, of course, you know, Don Callis declared this, you know, the that the greatest match of all tag team match of all time. Nope. 
It's still not Super Generation Army versus Holy Demon Army 6-9-1995, brother. Eddie hey, Kingston, look, we all have a favorite. Edu- educate um, your man. If that one is yours, or hey, if that cage match was yours, that's great. If it's if that you cage think match Della Muerte was better, I would understand that too. But uh, this one was really, really oh, great. It was, it um, was fantastic. It was by far the match of the night. I love this match. To, to yeah, death. it was the match it's of the night. And it's, it not might the be greatest of all. Is it's not the greatest tag team match of all time. I'll tell you that much. Of all time is a tall order, man. Yeah, and really also, is. you know, as mentioned earlier. I don't think those type of things exist. Uh, I don't think great there are any greatest anything of all time, especially as it comes to wrestling. This is just a ridiculously subjective art form where your opinions and feelings on it can change on a dime just based on what you're seeing, observing, and taking in. And, you know, especially when, you know, things are giving you... And lately, AEW has been so good at giving people these strong emotional responses to things. Things that make you really, really happy or elated or things that make you, like, really bummed out or things that really piss you off. Uh, They're, you know, doing that. They're getting these emotions from people that, you know, not to bring up the other guys, but the things that, like, WWE just hasn't done for people in a number of years. Uh, Because it's not... Concern is those type of emotions anymore. It's you know cranking out content. There, I mean, they're the farm. They're like a lot like UFC. They don't want to create that type of art anymore. Where it seems like AEW does. Yeah. So um, with that in mind, uh, we get one Mister Brian Danielson out to you know just yes, put, a, put a yeah, stop to yes, this. Yes, shit. yes, we do. Yes, we do. See, we did the yeah, yeah. The I, yeah. You did the thing. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing that he does. Uh, did you see, hear that they tried to get Final Countdown, but it was too expensive? That was the. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah we talked about that on uh on the on the all right all out show. So yeah, we did. Yeah. Um. You know what? Fine. Whatever. They can use Flight of the Valkyries. It's all good. Yeah. The um, little the little Flight of the Valkyries trap mix was kind of fun. Uh. So of course a a schmoz breaks out, which uh ends well. First, it begins with Brian Danielson putting. Uh, putting a yes lock onto Kenny Omega before getting beat down by the entire elite. And then, you know, all, all, all the, the Danielson friends show up, Jurassic Express, uh, Christian Cage, Frankie Gazarian, and, uh, yeah, and uh, Brandon Cutler gets the shit kicked out of him by Danielson. This is a nice, um, uh, you know, modern AEW type of segment with a little bit of old school Nitro twisted in just enough. And I thought it was very enjoyable. Also, shout out to Danielson's very straightforward promo work in this. I thought it was really effective. Yeah. Just it, grab the mic and say, hey, do you guys want to see this match? All right. That's all we need. Let's fight. Let's do this. Let's do this shit. Love that. Love that. He's straight to the point. He knows what he's there for. He has a very clear path and purpose. He's the American Dragon Brian Danielson. He wants to wrestle the best. And he's just there to do it. I'll not complicated. Let's I'm glad that they, I'm glad they're thing. back to the American Dragon thing. I am really yeah, glad no, that they're yeah, going I mean, back to that. Yeah. No, that's that's what we need. Our main event of the evening, the 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 awaited match, John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki, reigniting what should have been the best feud of twenty twenty it were not for the pandemic. And holy shit, they cut off Kaze Ninare. How we might as well fucking... just like end the podcast right now before we really get mad. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It was just... a big mistake. I don't really know whose fault that was, or if it was a timing thing or what. But like, how that happened, and how, how fucking they would... dare you? <laughs> like, well, how they would willingly give up on that live crowd moment baffles me. Oh my, that's god, really strange that they would do that. You know, what? we're 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 gonna do right by Minoru Suzuki here, and you're gonna, you're gonna hear this this track uh you know as we fade out today 
Yeah, because you know what? You, the listener, if you watched AEW Dynamite tonight, you deserved a Kaze Ninare. So you're going to get one from us because we care about you. Yes, that's right. So you will get your your moment. You can sing along at the home. The most too. caring AEW Dynamite Instant Recap podcast out there. They're always saying that about us. That's right. Um, You're hearing it more and more, Jeff. So this was uh, you know, John Moxley's homecoming match in, in Cincinnati. Uh, it, it, it was brutal, but oh god, th- this was the exact moment I w- I declared my doneness with the picture in picture. Motherfuckers. Another another picture-in-picture moment. Fuck uh, this. Yeah, you know, I get the concept of it, and I don't disagree with it on its face because I do think trying to give us more of the wrestling show that's on the television is, like, good, but it just always feels like it's at the wrong time. There's never a time where it feels okay to do it. And that's probably the biggest problem. You can never find a way to justify it. Can you, like, maybe, I don't know... Time your spots so you know you can you can get the commercials in and then we have a full wrestling match. That would be awesome, right? And like that's and that's another thing too. Like they guess they do that on live live TV. They've been doing that for a long time, but also that's like almost cheating people out of it because then you know that nothing's going to happen during the picture in picture, and that leads to that sort of taking away of your ability to suspend your disbelief, right? So like having a there was a finish on the picture picture. What was that? One or two dynamites ago. Right. Uh, yeah, that was la- it was last week, I think, actually. Yeah, something like that. And I think that's cool for that to happen once in a while. And like for there to be big spots or like, you know, meaningful moments if you're going to do the picture in picture. But that's, you know, double edged sword, right? Yeah, it, indeed. Because um, if we get rid of it, that means we're going to see less of the show, period. So remember when I said that there was going to be a. Uh... So remember when I said that you know there was going to be a massive blade job by the end of uh, the show because you know you we had, had speculated this at the top of the pod, Jeff. I did. Uh, Suzuki gets bust open above his eyebrow, and holy shit, he is he is it looked he like is his red. orbital bone exploded. Like the blood just came right around his eye in like the right way that it just looked like his whole face had shattered. Oh god. Well, I mean. I, I hope not because that's going to derail like a whole U.S. tour that he has going on. So that, that's uh, that's totally fair. I I don't think he smashed his whole face. In, no, I think it was just it cut above his eyebrow like or something. It. Yeah, but um, anyway, uh, Moxley does get the win with a with a Death Rider. Um, sort of. So after seeing uh, uh, Suzuki's face, he appeared to say. Right at the last second, kind of say, you know what? I'm not going to drop this guy in his head. Let's suplex him, and he just put him on his back, and uh, you know that's you know, how I've you been take care of the old know, that a death, you know, that's what Death Rider looks like now is a suplex. Is it? You think? Yeah, so? I, thought, I, I thought it wasn't noticed. supposed to be like more of a vertical DDT. It's supposed to be. Okay, so he's dropping. I haven't seen the dropping people on his back thing. Until yeah, this he you know, he Noticed did it. he did it to Kojima. Maybe he's just taking care of these guys. Doesn't want to drop them on their heads. Maybe, but uh, you know what? I this was not their best match. I have to say, best uh, no. But was it fun? Yeah. Because yeah, here's it, the thing: it was fun. A Moxley but... Suzuki match is like a pizza, brother. Uh, uh, even their worst is still gonna be pretty good. Yeah, but again, the picture in picture fucking ru- well, and taking away the Kaze Ninare moment too. Those those were two things that yeah, but I thought they you know used their time to their best of their abilities and uh, got, gave us you know a nice little show for the time that we had. So yeah, well with I, that, I think we're done. I think we'll probably see them again. 
probably not until Japan, maybe, but we'll see him again. Well, I don't know. I mean, he is, Suzuki's going to be around for the next, you know, month and a he's half. He's got a lot so. of matches booked now, though. He's, uh, oh, he seems yeah. to be you know, he's... Uh, making use of his time. He's booking indie shows all over the place. He's making towns, brother. He's the man. Yeah, he is making the towns. He, he He's working New Japan. He's working uh, Game Changer Wrestling. He's working Glory Pro. All sorts of places. He's going to he's going to fucking Dilworth, Minnesota. Dilworth, Minnesota. Oh to, man, to we face gotta... Dominic Garini, which is that match Ooh. is gonna rule. Yeah. Okay. Who would we have? I. Oh man, we got to get him Isaiah Velasquez in freelance. Ooh, yeah, that would be a good one. Well, That's I mean, a... he's gonna face off against Daniel Garcia in San Francisco. Uh, Calvin Tankman in St. Louis. That's such a good match. Yeah, there, there, there's gonna be a lot of shit going on. Anyway, with that, we wrap up this episode of AEW Dynamite live from the Fifth Third Arena in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, we gotta wrap this shit up because uh, Paul's brain is leaking out of his ears. Uh, Paul, oh go God, ahead and. Outside. Uh, Twitter, Cool Step Uncle. This podcast at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. Friday nights is immediately after AEW Rampage goes off the air. You catch me and Nick East on Wrestling Brain Rampage at twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the Ian style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Um, now that my laptop, I have a working laptop again, uh, I got some podcasts I got to do. I got to do a G1 Climax preview. I got to do a Champions League and Europa League preview uh, across two different shows. So uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a busy weekend for me. So with that, uh, Paul, any last words? Just like uh, one of my television heroes and one of my favorite shows, David Tell's Insomniac, get some sleep. I, I, I'm going to say... I'm going to say some last words, too. Become the wind. And with that, we'll see you next week. Get that new man.